Hello and welcome. My name is Tim. I'm Dancy. And I'm Murphy Durfee. And this is Go Mode, a Link to the Past randomizer podcast. So guys, I don't know if you noticed, uh, we normally, we're, we're very happy with the two dimensions. You know, we've got one dimension, we've got two dimensions, and we, we do great there. But today, we have introduced a third dimension to the conversation. I'm just staring at my hand in front of my face, and I am tripping out right now. What'd you smoke? <laughs> I mean, the normal stuff, but like it, there's, there's a whole different dimension added. Like it's 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 really changing things. I mean, how are you guys dealing with this third dimension? I don't like it. It looks pretty ugly as well. A couple of polygons. Ugh. Everything <laughs> looks really square. Yep. Awful. A lot of a lot of sharp edges. You, you could really hurt yourself trying to shake shake one of those NPCs hands. Mm hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, you know, for a vacation, I think it's cool. Uh, you know, I'm down to do the whole tourist thing when in Rome and all that. Um, I, I'm a little scared. I like our two dimensions. This third one, it's a little, it's a little challenging, but, uh, if you guys are down to spend, spend this episode in, in three dimensions, then I'm, I'm down to do it too. I'll give it a yeah. fair shot. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, let's just go ahead and clip through this uh, suggestion of a wall over here to this segment uh, called uh, ALTTPR News. And the first news bit that we have to talk about is the main tourney announcement uh, that was made by Synac on February 26th, last Saturday. So we got quite a few more details about the main tournament, which is coming up in just a month. Uh, first of all, we have the modes that are going to be available for this tournament. Uh, I do want to say off the bat, uh, all of the qualifiers are going to be open mode. So I like that. And I, I think that's cool. I just wanted to say that off the bat, but then there will be five different modes for the actual participants of the tourney, you know, that top 128 or whatever it is, I think probably 128. Um, there are five different modes you can choose from, uh, along with your opponent, those are going to be Tournament Open Hard, which has a customized item pool. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Tournament Key Sanity, um, which is just like Key Sanity, except that Ganon's Tower Big Key is always in Ganon's Tower and the Castle Tower Small Keys are always in Castle Tower. Uh, we have Ambrosia as number three. Number four is Inverted. And the fifth mode available is MC Boss Shuffle. Uh, and check the... Uh, description of this episode, we have a link uh, that they also shared that goes into a little bit more detail about each of these modes. Um, so let's let's uh, reflect on this. Uh, you know the the modes that have been announced. Your guys's initial thoughts. You like them? Meh. <laughs> That's really my thought about this. I I don't think they're bad. I don't think they're great. Uh, I do want to say they're still taking feedback. I am not sure how much of that feedback they are willing to still incorporate into their modes and change stuff around. I think they're willing to listen for sure, but I don't know that there will be like sweeping massive changes anymore. Probably not, I'd say. But uh, overall, I don't know. I think it's a weird thing because it's kind of hard to... Hmm. How do I put this? I, I, I'm kind of having trouble putting this into something cohesive, but you said you really like the open qualifiers and I get that, but I mm -hmm. think they're not really a great choice for this because they're not they? representative. They're not representative of uh, what you're going to be playing in the tournament itself at all. 
Are they like open or open yeah, hard? I think they're just standard open. They're just like because normal open mode. The phrasing says for qualifiers, for, for the qualifiers, all qualifiers will be run with the open preset only. So I don't know if that means mm. the open hard preset or that sounds like the open hard from I, that phrasing. I don't think so. You don't? No, I think they they mean the open preset that's on the bot. You can just generate an open seed and that's yeah. the preset that they're going to use. Let me see if I can uh, reach out to Synec real quick. Yeah, sure. I, I, I'd be curious about that, but I'm pretty sure they, they want to make them just normal open. And I think that's kind of backwards because sure, you'll have an easy or an okay time during the qualifiers, but then you get thrown into this mishmash of crazy modes and suddenly you don't know what the heck. Yeah. But well, we'll see if he happens to be in front of his computer and gets back to us for that. That is a very good question. I agree, Dancy. The The phrasing of that makes it seem like it, it just, could actually yeah, be either it way. It could be either way in my book. Um, I uh, I hope it's open hard. I may, Maybe we find out in five minutes. Maybe we find out in five days. Who knows? <laughs> um, but uh, let me let me kind of throw this in here. Like there's a lot of modes. So let's let's just quickly say these while we're waiting to see if we get a response. But uh, so there's open hard, which is uh, a slightly customized item pool um, tournament key sanity, which, you know, we talked about ambrosia inverted. That's a big topic. And uh, mm-hmm. MC ball shuffle. So I, I, I like here's what I like. I like variety. I like things not being stale. I like thinking on my feet. I also like not having to have the burden of selecting a mode uh, against my opponent because I will overthink, what should I pick against this person? You know, it's, it's, I think a lot of competitive players do that, especially if they don't feel like head and shoulders stronger uh, in a mode over somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, inverted, inverted as a mode is a problem. Uh, I think. It needs to be revisited by the devs. However, I know our dev time is limited. So that's mm-hmm. my personal opinion. I'm hoping I, I think that could get fleshed out and be and be a good thing. But down, I think it's going to be down the line uh, if if that were to happen. I, I If it's in this tournament, I'm not going to say that's a bad thing. You know, we've had it in league. We've had it. You know, if you go back to 2018 fall tournament, it was there and, you know, it wasn't uh, the most popular pick. You know, it was brand new then. But, you yeah. know, I, how do I say this correctly? I understand that the mode can lead to some really hard boss fights and races might get decided very early on by someone last locating their moon pearl an hour in or being stuck on a three heart blind fight um, or three heart moth fight. But I think as someone who has won and lost because of that, uh, I think it's just part of the game, you know? Uh, yeah. So I, I, as someone who has no say in what the admins decided or what they will decide going forward, um, either either enter the tournament and have fun or don't enter the tournament because you don't want to play these modes. That's, that's, that's my probably hot, maybe lukewarm take. Uh, <laughs> I, I understand that 
people, some people do enjoy having a consistent mode. And I understand there's people like me who do like the variety just so it's not so monotonous. Uh, there, there are pros and there's a pros and cons list, probably a mile long for, for both opinions as far as I'm concerned. Oh, can I cut in really quickly yeah, here? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say there's a big sentence right here that apparently all of us missed in that document that you guys linked for the rules. And it says, our first game mode is open setting with a customized item pool, and this will serve as the game mode for all qualifiers. So <laughs> all there's right. our yeah, answer. I did get, I got confirmation also while we were, well, while so I guess uh, my complaint is a little bit alleviated at least. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, and we've talked a little bit about, you know, harder item or harder modes uh, where, you know, some difficulty is kind of uh, um, added to the mode by restricting, you know, the amount of safeties you have, for instance. And I, I, li- I like kind of where we're at right now, where you do have a possibility of getting the blue mail. Um, you can still get bottles, but they're empty, just to name a couple of the, you know, modifications off the top of my head. But um, it's not too, too bad. If you've, you know, held your own in a race or two previously, you should be okay. Now, of course, you know, there might be some situations that get rolled that are just a nightmare and that's rando for you, but, um, it's, they're, they're generally not too, uh, uninviting these, these uh, mm-hmm. modes. So that's good. Um, let's see what else about the, uh, main tournament. Let me go back to our one other thing here. that I want yeah. to mention one other downside or whatever you want to call it is, uh, I think if you're going to go far in this tournament, the number of required matches that you have to play is pretty up there. They're uh, relatively spread out over a biggish amount of time, so it shouldn't be too awful. But I think I saw Danka say yesterday, and don't quote me on this, but accounting the qualifiers and making it all the way through, you have to play like 26 matches or something crazy like that. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of rando. So that's, you know, you have like six or more weeks to do that. So it's not, you know, all compressed together like it was in SGL or whatever. So it's not too awful, but there's going to be a lot of games to be played. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, well, good for the spectators. There'll be there'll be lots of uh, restream matches. Speaking of uh, restreaming and crew in general, uh, so there were a few promotions for uh, moderators, specifically ones to fill in the shoes of some of the uh, former mods that stepped up as admins. So we have Reg coming on as the new comms lead, uh, comms mod leader, and Clear Mouse and Radical Sniper ninety nine or Jesse as he goes by in some discords stepping up as main tourney comm mods. Um, both have been helpful all around the community and in all kinds of places, SGL mentor tournament, just to name a a couple that, you know, are near and dear to our hearts. Uh, so super happy to hear that. Wish them the best of luck. Um, and also pull float who we've, we've seen around in our discord, uh, has just been made the restream mod. So congrats to all of you. Um, best of luck, uh, as this tournament gets started. Uh, they are also looking for more volunteers. So all of the people that had the commentator, role uh they've they've removed it from everybody so you know the the commentator role that i earned so so by working so hard back in 2018 has has been removed and i would have to reapply if i wanted to uh, commentate at all in this main tournament and that goes for anyone else who was who was signed in so uh we have a link uh in the in the description for the commentator application if that's something you're interested in helping out with uh and then they'll also need trackers and restreamers as always um so uh, we'll have uh, links in our description or in the description of this episode for you to apply for those Tim, as well. Tell me, yeah, how hard did you work for that commentator role? <laughs> hey, uh, not 
Well, I, I failed the first test. Right. So, that was you the know. time of the commentator quiz. So Tim actually yeah. put in some work. It wasn't I guess completely that's true. free. It wasn't. It wasn't exactly a walk on. I'll tell you that. I, I had to put a little more effort into it the second time than I did the first. Yep. I remember um, going I've through that, that story. with you. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Good old times. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so that is uh, uh, available. And yeah, anyone who's interested in um, volunteering to help with the main tournament, check the links in, in the description. Uh, another thing I thought was kind of interesting that was in this announcement is regarding the Triforce text that shows up at the end of each seed. So, you know, you begin and you walk across the bridge, the Triforce floats down or actually floats up and it's just kind of like chilling there. And then there's some text that flashes on the screen uh, that, you know, in the vanilla game is like, congratulations, you got the Triforce, blah, blah, blah. Uh, in Rando, there are a bunch of random messages that can be shown, much like, you know, when the uncle walks out of your house in the beginning of a standard seed, there's like, uh, you know, a certain amount of uh, like different phrases that can show up there. Well, what they're doing for this tournament is they're opening that up. And I think there's going to be probably like a form sign up or something like that, maybe a Discord channel where you can go in and suggest your own uh, Triforce text. So it's three lines of 14 characters. Uh, this might sound kind of familiar because they did something like this for Speed Gaming Live as a, uh, a paid kind of situation where you could basically like buy, you know, you could buy the rights for your text to show up at the end of a seed. This is not that. This is just everyone, whoever, whatever you want to say, you know, it's o an open submission for applications. Uh, I'm and sure I guess, it's you know, within any one reason. of these can show up. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure there's a uh, it's not just like whatever you want. I'm, uh, there's got to be a team of probably Synac and, and other people that <laughs> decide which ones they like and then put them in the pool of uh, rotation. But um, yeah, I thought that was cool. Uh, I, I remember a time in our discord a while back where we learned that they were looking for some more uncle text at the beginning of the game. And myself and some other people just spent, you know, like an hour or so just coming up with ideas we thought were funny. And then I think somebody, either Lumaga or Zylo, one of those two turned around and just submitted all of them. And uh, now they're in the game. So it's, it's kind of fun to just like see every now and then I'll be playing a seed and I'll see the uncle say something random just came up and leave. And I'm like, oh, crap, I wrote that one. <laughs> and that's, so it's just a fun experience, you know. Uh, so I think that'll be cool. Uh, and yeah, like I said, uh, so March 27th is when this all kicks off. That's when the qualifiers start. So we'll have the qualifiers and then a new group round thing that they're doing and then the brackets. Um, so, of course, you know, we'll probably have one more update before we get started. But um, I think we have everything we need to, like, you know, start preparing for this tournament. And that's I say we, but I mean you. <laughs> so <laughs> you listening, get get ready because it's, it's almost here. Uh, one last thing I want to say here, uh, a little bit of insider information here. Um, they're probably going to revisit the date for when the bracket stages start, I believe, was the talk yesterday. Because as it stands now, uh, the brackets are slated to start at exactly the same day that the group stages end. Which, you know, you always want a little bit of buffer in between for stragglers or to give people a little bit of a break or something. So that might move up a week or something like that. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I actually just saw that uh, chat when I was looking for the info on the qualifiers. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, and that goes back to what Dante said. I, I, this might not all be one hundred percent set in stone. It sounds to me like if if they get like you know a million people going like inverted, then they might actually. Well, don't change worry. It, so. They already have. I don't know if you've read I, I that think, channel. <laughs> I think the push currently is to at least include key sanity with inverted because that makes it a little more bearable. Yeah. Mm. That seems to be the current push for, for the feedback as far as the yeah. inverted stuff goes. 
Yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of hot takes. Uh, well, <laughs> obviously, we're in the LTTPR community. Right. So, yeah, if you feel very strongly one way or another, please take yourself over to the Discord and do not just start complaining and being a jerk. But like if you want to make like a well thought out case for for, you know, staking, stating why you you think it should be a different way then you know, you're yeah. more than welcome. And it sounds like they're listening. I made a very thought out statement of like one sentence about there's no swordless mode uh, and um <laughs> That there's still no swordless mode, so uh, well, I'm sure they're probably considering your comment. They're probably uh, no, they really didn't. <laughs> and as has been the well-known history everywhere, nobody gave a crap. Yeah, it's oh, uh, literally um, the case. Uh, but um, no, I, I would I would love to see swordless in there. I was kind of hoping to see it, but I I totally understand. You're uh, like Dr. Frankenstein. You're like constantly trying to revive the dead mode. You've sewn it together from a couple of corpses. It's not coming back, man. It's time to uh, accept it. I know, I know. But uh, it's <laughs> it, we're in a new age. Uh, well, anyway, that, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we live in a time. Uh, nothing is impossible. Impossible is nothing. Uh, okay, moving on. Dancy, tell us about the new announcement with the uh, Racing Council. Uh, we have, uh, finally got our leader elections out of the way. Um, and, uh, myself, Amerith and Blaine are going to be the council leaders for this term. Uh, kind of like I, so that's two returning and one kind of returning, technically returning. So, (laughs) uh, all leaders with previous leader experience, um, I, 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 I don't want to speak for them, uh, kind of, cause we did have to have a vote this time. Um, internally about you know who was going to be leader because we had more than three applicants but uh you know the leader position is more so just volunteering in my opinion to do more paperwork and uh you know to be a spokesperson and kind of like i guess the the person who delivers bad news and maybe good news Mm -hmm. but yeah. Uh, there's there, there uh, it's, it's to me that the whole, the role is literally just you're a peer of everyone else on council. And, and you could probably ask a lot of people on council. There's not really, that, that, I don't know. Uh, there, this has been a conversation. It's not that, it's not that special. It's just an extra responsibility. That's it. I, I think. Mm. Well, uh, best of luck to the three of you with your bad leadership. And by bad, of course, I mean Wayne, Amerith, Dante. Oh, come on. You got to da- dab on him. We're going to dab oh, on him. Get oh, him you the other way. Him. Yeah. Oh, God. I just, dab I just on him like it's 2016. All right. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, wait. Come back. We only have a few more things to go over. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, uh, Dante, for the update. I'll have the uh, roster list on the Go Mode podcast website updated as well. Uh, and you can always reference that if you have any questions about who's on the council. Um, so, uh, it was brought to my attention recently in the la- over the course of the last couple episodes, there are some tournaments going on that are trying to, uh, fly under the radar and sneak right past us, but we're not going to let that happen. Uh, the first one was the doors async. Um, it was mentioned like in the passingest of passings in the last episode. And you can even hear me. I'm like doors async. And then like we move on it's, it's not never mentioned again. <laughs> Uh, I did manage to, with Dante's help, find a link to a uh, the challenge of how that's going, or not challenge, the uh, brackets of how that's going. So um, I'll put a link in the description there. Dante, do you know like where they're at in their like tournament life they're right now? In the top eight, uh, don't Ooh. think. I mean, it's literally like 
it was here's six weeks of asyncs and then the top eight they take the they took the best four scores from everybody and uh so like out of six that means your bottom two are dropped um and they got an average score and then the top eight moved on to a bracket uh, they had a total number of what looked to be 47 participants that played at least or submitted at least one uh, seed, um, you know, whether it be a forfeit all the way across or, you know, or, you know, actually finishing one um, at that's huge for this little, you know, mini pickup door league thing. Yeah. So uh, I think. You know, they're doing a fantastic job. Plumeria Knight and Jester have been with the help of Keong. I think Keong started this last year and um, Jester and Plumeria Knight approached Keong about running another season and they offered to help with it. And that's uh, where they are. You know, we're, we're six weeks in and um, yeah, I think the the way the brackets are working, it's it's similar to this. Just so you, you know, to fill everybody in, it's like the top eight yeah. play a seed async and then uh, the top four times are going to advance to the top four. Same thing's going to apply and then it'll be top two. And then that's your like your final. Um, There'll be like an actual race for that one. Or will that also I be async? I think it worked out where they could do a race last year. I'm not sure if they're set in stone that it's going to be a race, but I'm sure they may try and make that happen. Mm, uh, we'll very see. Cool. We'll see. Yeah. I want to shout out our top eight just since we have the uh, list up here. And it's some names that you'll certainly recognize if you've, you know, uh, heard us talk about tournaments uh, on this show before. We have T-Stew, 14, Locke, Zelga Desan, Furame, Andy, Schulzer, PRD Wong, and Mal Xanthalos uh, were the top eight there. And then you can look at the ones that, that just missed out. And, I mean, there's... Uh, you know, like Dante said, about 47 people participated. So lots of uh, recognizable names there. Um, very cool. Yeah. Like I said, I, I nearly missed this one. I guess I hadn't really heard anyone um, talking about it until just recently. But uh, we'll, like I said, have a link in the description if you want to check that check that out. And maybe just maybe they'll do a uh, final race for the for the finals and we can we can let you know when that'll be. So very mm-hmm. good. All right. Nice try, Doris Async. You're not able to get away from our gaze. Uh, and then the other one was the All Dungeon Keys. Uh, and you'll actually hear, um, we, we had our interview with Trezco, um, which is you're, you're going to hear momentarily. Um, but he mentioned that the All Dungeon Keys brackets are going to be restreamed on the Zelda Speedruns Twitch channel um, when they happen, which I think should be in the next week or two. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And then we'll also find a link in the description to something in uh, the, that you can look at to kind of check up on on progress for that bracket. Dante, do you have any insight into that one? Do you know how that's been going along? I do not. Um, yeah, I do not have like not handy. Uh, if you if I had a little while, I could dig for it. But yeah. I think I found a link to this one in the last description. I, I honestly cannot remember, but Tuesday Temp will find something to, to put in the, in the description for you to learn more about it if you're interested. Um, so, yeah. And other than that, there's nothing going on. Of course, you know, we have the main tournament in a month and we're all very excited gearing up for that. That's obviously going to be a big focus for a little while. Um, but, yeah, a little calm before the storm, if you will. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. GMP community updates. Let's go. 
So I wanted to start by uh, extending a thank you to um, everyone who tried to help me out with my uh, plea to um, Griffin McElroy, the the guy running the uh, trial by Fieri run on YouTube, the, the Oko Enemizer run. Um, there was one person who said they know a friend of a friend of Griffin, and there was another person who left a YouTube comment and mentioned us. So between the two of those, I feel, feel fairly confident that he will at least, you know, he's aware of us. And that's that's all I wanted. So at this point, you know, if he wants to come on the show at some point, you know, after his run is over, I assume he knows how to reach us. And if he does, that's great. And if he doesn't, that's also great. I'm it's totally happy either way. So thank you so much to those two people for, you know, helping me out with that. And um, once again, I highly recommend checking out Trials by Fieri, the, the YouTube series. Um, usually it's every Wednesday, sometimes Thursdays. Um, I will admit, you know, if you're somebody who watches a lot of Zelda speedrunning and and races and stuff, it, it could be kind of tough to watch. And I think we've talked about that before. I remember Dante saying something like that, where like, you know, when you are so used to going fast at the game, it's really, really hard to watch someone go slow. But then there are moments where, you know, it's Oko and he'll make it all the way through an entire dungeon and kill a boss. And it, it's it's legitimately thrilling. It's, it's a really entertaining uh, series. Um, I'm actually behind an episode right now and also behind on my uh, stat keeping that I mentioned, but um, I should have time to to get everything caught up by the next time that he streams this week um, or possibly today as you're listening to this. So, yeah, I just wanted to provide an update on that again. Thanks to everyone who uh, who helped out there. Uh, Biweekly Seed, the last one we had, episode 93, it was a standard. Uh, I wanted to give a Thank you to everyone who used the Timp.msu pack that I provided. I was able to check out a few VODs, a few streams of, of people who were checking it out. And uh, I also really appreciate the feedback people left. Um, the seed itself, generally pretty unremarkable. I actually am having trouble remembering anything about it, though I did play it. Um, I, I wanted to uh, shout out um, Picks uh, for the Perfect Dark MSU pack that I used while I was playing it. Really awesome pack. I really loved it. I love that soundtrack. Um, so I, I want to also recommend that folks check out that MSU pack if, if they're looking for one to use for the next seed. Speaking of the next seed, uh, episode 94, um, I think we did this with ZS, uh, ZR1, if, if I'm not, or Z1R, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, when we talk about a different randomizer, we want to try to make it easy for you to check that randomizer out. And so I think our biweekly seed should be an OOTR seed. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, sure. Did we actually do the official leaderboard as that? Um, let me see, because, yeah, it, I was I was actually wondering, did we do did we just go with it or did we do like that plus like an open seed or something like that? Let me I mean, the last one I'm it. remembering that we did that for was SMZ3R, right? Right. Yes, that was the other one. It wasn't it wasn't Zelda one. Um, it's hard to look up what the well, I guess I can go to the biweekly seed channel. This is good radio. Love this. How about you I mean, check the outline? <laughs> just. Edit this out. Oh, the outline. That's a good call, too. Let's see. If I could do the pin. Oh, the pins of uh, the biweekly scene. The pins! Channel. That's probably the best way to do it. Let's see. Uh, so we did do... Uh, I guess that would have been... We're just going to start this biweekly scene bit over. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe we will. Uh, there, no one needs to hear all this. Um, I honestly can't tell. I can't, I, I can't tell right away if we had done that or not. I don't think um, we did. Because what episode was the... Oh, there it is. No, okay. So the SMZ3, that was episode 86. We did do just an SMZ3 seed. We didn't give them anything else. Right, but the bot, I think, can read that. I don't think the bot can read Uter. 
Um, well, we don't. Uh, I think what we were going to do is just not give it the URL because, I mean, you could just say you could just start like a. Mm. Um, All right. Uh, like a leaderboard without it having to take the time or whatever. OK, boss. So, uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. But either way, we will give you an OOTR seed to uh, play as your biweekly. And uh, please enjoy. We really want, you know, when we do episodes like this, the idea is if you've ever had an interest in the other game, it has enough similarities to ALTTPR or it has ALTTPR in it in some way to where, you know, maybe you might enjoy it. I, I played o- uh, OOTR this last week and um, I'm glad that I did. I'm glad that I had the experience and finally checked it out, you know, to, to see kind of what the... Make sure about, so. you make like a, a friendly, casual preset. Yes, I absolutely will. I'll do something that uh, and I'll, I'll uh, be sure to talk it over with Tresco first and make sure that, you know, whatever the mode that he recommends someone start with for the maximum amount of fun is is what we use. And of course, we're going to have a lot of links in the description uh, of, you know, trackers and common things to look out for. So definitely recommend having all that stuff up nearby um, as you Give your first OOTRC to try. And with that, speaking of OOTR, I think we're ready to get into our interview with uh, Tresco. Do you guys have anything uh, to to state before we get in there? No, really. Yep. Okay. No. Nah. All right. Well, then let's. Uh, Dante, you ready? I'm. I'm. Boy, I so ready. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Let's lift it. <laughs> All right, folks, joining us on the show today, we have a very special guest. He is the owner of Zelda Speedruns and an Ocarina of Time randomizer community admin. Please welcome today to the show, Tresco. Hi, Tresco. Howdy, everybody. Glad to be on. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, joining us. So um, as I mentioned, uh, you, you kind of wear two major hats at once um, that uh, would be of, of interest to us to talk about here on our Link to the Past randomizer podcast. But what specifically we're going to talk about today is your role in the Ocarina of Time randomizer community, your role as a developer with the game. Um, just as ALTTPR fans, we want to know what's up with this Ocarina of Time randomizer and what makes it so much fun and, and, and uh, you know, give us kind of an overview and maybe help us get started if we wanted to dip our toes in ourselves. But before we do that, let's learn a little bit more about our guest, Tresco. So um, Tresco, we usually like to start with start this with like a, a, a brief kind of history of how you got into gaming, programming, development, kind of what put you on the path to where you are today in the OOTR community. Oh, wow. That's actually a tough one. Um, I've been, I've been around for a hot minute. So it's, I started as a speedrunner in 2012, I want to say. So it's been a while. Uh, I started okay. playing Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess as a speedrun and um, basically came all from that HEDQ showcase like many of us did. Uh, just randomly scro- scrolled around the internet, saw SGDQ back then, I believe it was, and then got into it myself. Um, basically, you always was a, a gamer, the classic gamer, you know, uh, playing most time on PC, actually, but having my first game be now, that's not something I say to cater to you, but it's actually true. My first ever game being a link to the past. Mm. Um, you know, 
I always had to drive for it. And um, it's also my my field of work. I'm a DevOps engineer, so I work with PCs all day, or like with the general concept of networking, internet, PC, that kind of stuff. And yeah, so I kind of grew into it. I started as a speedrunner, then started writing guides and uh, shoot videos with strats for zeldaspeedruns.com, the wiki section of it. And then over the years, just developed into that function of hosting events for ZSR, um, creating tournaments, marathons, that kind of stuff, and also become a restreaming service as ZSR is today, which never was really its role back in the day. That's when I took over. I basically took over the reins of ZSR in 2017 or late 2016, actually. And ever Mm -hmm. since has have grown, have kept on growing it uh, into what it is today, basically being a hub to showcase tournaments and uh, community events. And that's how I came to OTR as well, basically. Um, Just Mm. bringing the coverage out there, getting into it, into the conversation with the Ocarina of Time randomizer staff back in the day. And just over time, this grew and grew. me and my partner as ZSR owners or heads Dragonbane together, we created Ocarina of Time Randomizer.com, created the web generator. And it basically turned to me being the owner and the head admin of the community, um, which is a, is a bit of an interesting concept as I'm doing like both at the same time. And obviously I want to make sure to not mix up the two things too much just because I still need to be independent of ZSR when I think of OTR and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, that's how it kind of came to be. And it's been 10 years at this point. I'm kind of wow. celebrating my anniversary <laughs> <laughs> this year, which is crazy. Um, started in my 20s, now in my 30s. Um, wow. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on the 10 years, I guess, uh, retrospectively. Um, so it sounds like, you know, as, as a, uh, someone who is running Zelda speedruns and managing that you became aware of Ocarina of Time randomizer and sort of, you came into it that way. Yeah, kinda. Um, so when I came in onto Ocarina of Time randomizer, it was basically a, a little sub community. It formed around Ocarina of Time beta quest, which is a non-logic logic driven entrance randomizer that is a lot older than OTR. Um, and it was also in the same discord, which was like the beta quest bingo discord. And it, it started forming because amazing Ampharos, who, you know, just well through, uh, yeah. link to past randos, the ALTTPR, right. yeah. yeah. Uh, started developing it, started developing the base concept in 17, 20, 2018, I believe. And just, it, it, gained the following really fast, like pretty much all randomizers do just because it caters to casuals and speedrunners alike. And um, so they started talking about competitive scene, about tournament. And that's where back in the day, both the, the, the two admins of the bigger restream services, so Fiesel for Speed Gaming and me, were asked in and asked about ideas and um, Concepts and how it came to be that I stuck around was basically speed gaming was just overwhelmed with stuff at that time, although a lot mm-hmm. bigger. And I kind of focused myself onto, onto getting, getting a concept out there because they were so open about asking. 
what do you do? How do you think think this could be? And um, so yeah, it I I just kind of put all put all all the work in and it worked out. People enjoyed it a lot, and people enjoyed playing and watching this a lot. And from there, it kind of skyrocketed in no time. Basically, um, the scene grew insanely fast from just a 10, 16, 20 players in the beginning to like a hundred half a year later. And that's active competitive players. Um, and then we're, that's where we thought, okay, this is, this is going to go somewhere. And basically this is not going to go away because the community just kept growing. The discord is like by now is probably the biggest Zelda speedrunning yeah. or com community discord we have. It's mm -hmm. massive. I'm not sure if you know if you have the numbers, but it's like yeah. I was just I was I was wondering if you might maybe we can uh, try to look into that while we're while we're chatting here. I, I um, know actually, it's like it's forty five thousand eight hundred. That's insane. Something. Yeah, that's, that's so many people. people. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously, you're kept quite busy managing the Ocarina of Time randomizer community, and then of course you've got Zelda speedruns, which, as we've already covered, is is very time consuming. Do you are you still able to make time to play the game or watch it on a regular basis? Um, that's one of the parts that's a little unfortunate. I really don't. Um, sure. I this is common, by the way. This happens a lot uh, to <laughs> folks in the community as they become administrators. It gets harder and harder to actually play, but. Yeah, I when I when I started, I still was an active speedrunner of, of TP that just completely stopped. I haven't done a run outside of showcases where I just do it for fun or for ZSR in a long time. Um, and same with playing. I actually played a lot more A Link to the Past randomizer than I played OTR because hmm. I personally enjoy A Link to the Past as a game more. Mm. Okay, that's mm -hmm. gonna get me in trouble, but <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> you heard it here first. I've said that in the past, though. Uh, but yeah, it's I I I just don't get to play as much anymore. When I when I get to play, it's like something that it's entirely different, just for me to take a breath, to do something else, to like shut down all of the all of my work, and. Obviously, it gets kind of work related when you do this on such a long time for such a long time and so frequently. So a large, such a large scale. Yeah. So mostly when I play, it's something else. Like I just finished a New Horizon game, for example. That's like nice. completely, oh, very good. completely different, but a really fun experience. So that's usually where my time goes when I have some time. Uh, I have a question about something you said earlier. Uh, when you were talking about the OOT randomizer and how it came to be, you said it catered to both the speedrunners and casual players of OOT. Uh, I was wondering, I remember, especially in the early days of A Link to the Past randomizer, there was, a, you know, I, maybe I'd call it animosity or dislike from a lot of the speedrunners, you know, NMG speedrunners, ALTTPA. They were like, yeah, the randomizer, it's a fad. We don't like it. You know, there were a lot of people who, who weren't super into it. And by the sounds of it, it, that didn't really happen with the OOT randomizer. Were the speedrunners more into it than they were in the beginning days of ALTTPR? Or did you have similar pushback from some people? 
we actually had similar pushback. Like the common saying back in the day was, and I think that that was the same for all randomizers, the randomizers killing our game. Mm -hmm. That's like something we frequently heard, but especially speedrunners that have been around for so long, uh, considering this a quote unquote filthy casual experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or even saying, okay, no, this is the reason why our game is not getting any new players. And we had the same issue. Absolutely. Um, but many people, especially those that were already trying out not the standard stuff, but trying different stuff or just burned out on speedrunning, which sadly happens frequently due to it being just such a repetitive exercise, even sure. if very rewarding. Um, especially those who are really interested. And for OT, as you, as you probably know, the Ocarina of Time speedrunning player base was always massive. Like, yeah. Even with NNG being as popular as it is, and it still is, OT was just always insanely big in player size. Um, not entirely sure even why. It's just like OT in general is obviously a very popular game, but... The, the speedrunning community was also insanely big. And so there was many people, many people who said, okay, I'm burned out on playing uh, GSR, which was um, not GSR back then. I don't even know the, the old name anymore, but like these shorter categories, I need to play something else. Um, and they came to Rando. They even were playing beta quest before just because beta quest had a really active bingo community, which is something that OT speedrunners never pushed away. Like bingo was already integrated quite a bit. So that helped a little. I don't think A Link to the Past had, not entirely sure, but I think it's true, an as active bingo player base back then. Certainly um, not to my knowledge. I mean, I don't have a, a ton of knowledge of, you know, the history of NMG speedruns or anything like that, but um yeah, Super Metroid, you know, we've talked on the show about the popularity of those bingos, um, Ocarina of Time, like you said, but no, I don't, I don't think so as much for A Link to the Past. Yeah. Um, so I thought uh, maybe before we kind of get into it, we could talk a little, do a, basically a little bit of level setting in which, uh, you know, the three of us on the host talk a little bit about Ocarina of Time and our experience with it and whether or not, you know, we've ever had a chance to, to try out a seed um, of the randomizer. And then, you know, I'd love to hear more. You've touched on it a little bit, but I'd love to hear more about, um, you know, you getting into or your experiences with a link to the past randomizer. So we can all just make sure, you know, we're kind of on the the same page with all that so um dante do you want to maybe start off by telling us a little bit about uh your ocarina of time experience and, and ootr if you have any yeah uh so you know obviously played ocarina of time as a kid uh loved it very good casual game um you know i, I think back when the nintendo power challenges were out i did the whole beat the game on three hearts since you can skip the heart containers in that game and that was that added a nice level of difficulty to it um I have nice. played um, Ocarina of Time Rando. I, I was going to kind of bring this up when Trez was talking about kind of like how quickly the popularity blew up. I just remember, you know, I was pretty new to the randomizer scene in general, um, you know, primarily being ALTTPR. And then I just see Christos Owen go live one day and is playing Ocarina of Time, but everything's randomized. And I'm like, oh, man, they got one for this game, too. This is insane. <laughs> um and I, I enjoyed watching them, but, you know, back then, you know, obviously new players, you know, trying to figure out the logic of the game. Uh, it was it, they were long and I was thinking, man, it, it looks fun, but it looks like it's going to take me all day. Um, 
And I, I did actually generate a seed that I co-opt with a couple of IRL friends. Um, we, we spent a Friday night doing that and, hmm. uh, they, they all tapped out around 1 a.m., but, you know, hung around the house. And I think I, I kept going till about 4 a.m. And oh, wow. we were at uh, roughly about 10 hours of playtime. And I was like, all right, I'm going to save my place and save my time. And then when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to try and finish this. And uh, ended up finishing the seed at something like 13 or 14 hours, uh, you mm-hmm. know, without checking the log or anything. And it was it, it was challenging. I was like, I don't think we're ever going to race this but you know Mm -hmm. it was a good time but um you know since then i've done some multis with people and uh there's like a a side hack and i don't know what it's called so it's probably gonna somebody's gonna have to help me maybe trez knows but like you could co-op uh it was built mainly for playing with emulator on just regular ocarina of time but it would also work with um with the randomizer so you could co-op like cooperatively play together and you could see the other person in the same world with you so it, mm. it was kind of buggy, but with the rando, but uh, Skeeter and I made it work and it was, it was fun doing that a few times. Yeah. You, you mean nice. uh, OT online, which is yes. now called mod loader 64, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's nice. what we used. It was the OT online. Beautiful. Uh, Herf, what about you? Uh, I think I can commiserate with Tress here a little bit, maybe make him feel a little less bad about what he said earlier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I said this on the podcast before, but I, I obviously also played Ocarina of Time when it came out back in the day. Uh, loved it, enjoyed it, thought it was a great game, had a lot of fun playing through it casually. I'm uh, one of the few people who believes that Ocarina of Time held up horribly through the years. <laughs> it looks awful. It plays awful. The controls are terrible. The camera is awful. I hate the game. It's not quite that bad as I'm making it sound, but I really do think it aged very poorly. And uh, as a result of that, and the usual length of an Ocarina of Time randomizer seed, I've never touched the randomizer. And uh, I'm going to admit, I really have no desire to. (laughs) I think think, uh, a link to the past randomizer seeds are a little too long for me. That's why I've mainly stopped playing because I just can't sit down and play for one and a half to two hours and, you know, wreck my brain about what logic choices to make and stuff. And Ocarina of Time Randomizer just seems like that only times 10. Mm. Well, I do think you will represent a good portion of our of our listeners, you know, and I think that's why it's good that we're we're having an episode like this, because this should be just kind of a nice, you know, uh, 10,000 foot view of what you're missing out on. And then at the end of this discussion, you can decide if you want to, you know, dip your toes in and and give it a try. So uh, I loved, you know, uh, Ocarina of Time as a kid. Also got, you know, Christmas, middle school, you know, absolutely loved it. Um, Majora's Mask as well. Um, and, uh, I downloaded and played a seed, uh, last week in preparation for this episode. I got about uh, probably two and a half to three hours in, although I was doing a lot of futzing around. Um, and I think I made it to about Castletown. No, I went through Castletown and then I was, I did a little bit of Kakariko and I haven't, I haven't picked it up since then. Um, but I would 
uh, probably side more with Herf in that, um, not that there's like a one or the other, but just I'll echo Herf's sentiments, I guess I'll say, in that uh, especially with the control I was using, and I tried a few. Um, first, I tried with an SES controller, which is a joke. I don't know why I did that. Um, <laughs> th- then I used a Nintendo Switch like knockoff Pro controller, and that was that was pretty rough. I finally used a PS4 controller, and it was the best of the three that I used. But even that was still a little bit, you know, kind of herky jerky with trying to use the um, the joystick. Uh, so I do think if I had a more um, you know, a, a more authentic kind of feeling N64 controller or, or at least something with a, a better joystick that probably would have helped. But I was having a lot of trouble with the controls. And then, of course, the normal issues of, you know, trying to figure out the logic and you know where you can go and, and, and all of that good stuff and changes from from the vanilla game and all that good stuff. But I can definitely see the appeal to it. And uh, I'm, I'm definitely excited to learn more about, you know, the intricacies of like, you know, what is it that makes it so fun to play time after time? And I, th- I think, you know, we will we will get to that before we do, though. Uh, Trisco, it's your turn. So rather than telling us about uh, your experience with Ocarina of Time or OOTR, um, would love to hear more about, you know, how you got into A Link to the Past randomizer and specifically kind of what it is that you enjoy about a typical ALTTPRC. So yeah, um, I I can't even tell you when I got into Link to the Past randomizer. Um, it's probably around the same time um, that I started getting into OTR. So in twenty eighteen, uh, so fairly early. Um, and Link to the Past is just a game that I, as I told earlier, grew up with and that I really enjoy a lot. Um, in general, I was always more of a person for the two D Zelda's, besides. Twilight Princess, which obviously has a special place, but um, A Link to the Past is just the game that I still to this day probably consider the best Zelda uh, game. And so having the idea of a randomizer, so basically the, the base concept of having your favorite Zelda game and being able to constantly relive it was something that really intrigued, intrigued me. So I started playing, um, I just got onto uh, the classic logic guides that you get. So basically just a, just a page that tells you, okay, here, uh, for this dungeon, you need these items. For this dungeon, you need these items. That's the basic logic concept of, yeah. of what you need. And that which, which differs a link to past randomized a little bit from OTRs and that if you want to go base level, the logic, the base logic is a little easier to understand. And I got just that and a little tracker and I went ahead and obviously I was watching tournaments uh, on SG as most people did. And um, so I just got into it and it's not like I ever got a power uh, that, that I ever became a power player. Not really at all. But I for a few months, I kept playing uh, two, three seats a week, um, especially when ZSR was not as busy times as it is today with four channels and stuff. Um, and I did that for a couple of months. And then obviously you get into a phase where you need to do different stuff and then you never pick it up back as much ever again. But yep. On occasion, I get to play another seed every now and then, and it's a really cool experience for me, especially since the difficulty level of A Link to the Past in general is fairly high, which is something I enjoy without it the difficulty coming from the horrible controls, which is what makes OOT difficult. Um, 
in that sense, by the way, I, I completely agree with you, Hurphy. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> OT controls are a thing yeah, in it's this. A, it's this an is like a wired taste, I would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is like a common viewpoint in the community is like, ah, once you get past the controls, it's not so bad. Is, is that the case? <sighs> Probably, yeah. Or if you have ever yeah. played it, like played it for years, then you don't care anymore. On virtual sure. console, it's a little better which many play, which makes it a little easier. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a common scene. Um, yeah. I don't know. I kept trying to move the camera with the, the other joystick <laughs> over and over. <laughs> that's, you know? that's the problem that most of us have. Like I started, I didn't play OT when it came out. There was a phase where I just didn't play. I never had an N64. I mm. started back into Nintendo stuff with the GameCube um and then got to ot way later and by that time you were already used to fluent cameras to 30 fps movement to a free a camera you can move freely and boy is it ever bad to go back to ot after that um so that's i have the same issues today and the, i guess the the entire uh, community around it and thus the entire atmosphere makes it still fun for me to play but yeah, I, I know I have the same feelings about the controls. And I think to the past, reminds us to go back to that, didn't have that. It was just nice, beautiful 2D, which I just enjoy playing. Um, it's really easy to get into. And as you said, um, neither the options of the randomizer, nor the basic logic, nor the mere size of the world are able to just wreck you apart as much as OTR because just thinking about it OTR is massive as a single standalone seed that's a massive undertaking of course top players by now can finish it in two and a half hours sometimes even less which is crazy (laughs) my first you have to you have to get some some uh um some give from the seed to be able to do that too right that's like a jet seed situation yeah um and in in a link to the past randomizer i think the average for like uh, professional players or like really good players is like 90 minutes if even so yeah that's that's obviously a difference but yeah it's not the base concept is not as daunting um Mm -hmm. and you are not getting lost that easily and that was something that i really enjoyed um besides it just being like at that point when i started being the more established randomizer cleaner aesthetics better guides um easier to get into um that obviously helped as well so over my fair share of time i still to this day played more link to the past randomizer than otr um so yeah, let's let's return to that. It's so interesting because I, I think all four of us, um, you know, and I, I admit it's a surprise to hear that this is kind of your experience as well, would prefer ALTTPR over Ocarina of Time randomizer. And yet when we look back at the numbers, you know, just for instance, for the discord that we talked about earlier, um, you know, that's kind of a good uh, somewhat scientific way, I think, of measuring popularity between the two discords. Ocarina of Time blows a link to the past out of the water in terms of popularity. So what what do you think that is? Do you have any theories as to why Ocarina of Time randomizer seems to have so much more interest? 
Um, interesting question, actually. I do think that the base community that in general is still playing the game is a lot bigger. Like, and then don't, don't mean to randomize it, but the game itself. Um, A Link to the Past as a 2D game is not something that new players, really young players, will pick up as much as OT. Um, especially with Nintendo marketing OT more through newer platforms and stuff, even if the emulation on newer systems is terrible. Um, that's one part. And the second part is, I believe, I can't say for sure, but I believe that people um, just see it closer to, to other modern Zelda randomizers that come out and then switch over. Like if you, mm. if you love the Wind Waker and get into the Wind Waker randomizer, which is super hard, by the way, because it's so glitch heavy as they usually play it. Um, it's a quicker step to go to OT than it is to go to a LinkedIn past randomizer. Um, that makes sense. I think that's part of the reason. Um, besides that, I can't really say. I think both are really popular. The Discord is really big. That's true. Um, many bigger re- YouTubers picked it up over the years, and that obviously boosts your numbers like crazy. Um, mm. I'm not sure that happened for LinkedIn past randomizer. And I'm not entirely sure. Um, but I think in general, both of them are really popular. I'm, if you look at like just competitive scene and like race time or stuff, for example, I'm, I'm not even sure Ocarina of Time Randomizer is the bigger game. Obviously mm. it has less races cause it's a longer race game. Um, I think both of them are actually comparable in, in popularity. Um, hmm. Yeah, you know, it is easy to join a Discord and just kind of forget about it entirely. Yeah. So it could be, you know, drummed up a lot of interest and, uh, you know, folks join and then they play a seat or two and then they kind of zone out and forget to ever, you know, leave the Discord. I mean, I've, I'm in a million Discords. I know that feeling. Um, it'd be, I guess, interesting to know, like, you know, active users of each Discord to get a better sense of, you know, which scenes are kind of more popular. I mean, not that it matters. I just think that it's interesting that, you know, again, all four of us are kind of on one side and yet, you know, it seems like the others is, is a lot more popular. Um, Herf and Dante, do you guys have any theories? That's a tough question for me since I'm so far removed from the Ocarina of Time randomizer itself. You know, I've never even been I, on the discord. And I think apart from, you know, the usual suspects, I would say that sometimes playing OTR seed, I know that in my friend group, like my AOTTPR friend group, um, OOTR multi-worlds were super popular for a while. They took a million years, or at least it felt like it took a million years. But people loved, you know, ice trapping someone else because they <laughs> opened a chest and then it was an ice trap for someone else or stuff like that. So that made it a lot of fun. But other than that, I don't really have a lot of crossover. So I can't even really judge the popularity of o- Ocarina of Time Randomizer very well. So it's kind of it's kind of hard for me to say. I think, you know, what Tresco said sounded good to me. So I think I will concur with what he said, but I really have no further or deeper insight into it. Yeah, I think the um, uh, definitely being similar to other, you know, 3D Zeldas uh, helps a lot and and getting exposure from, you know, various Twitch streamers and YouTubers, uh, you know, can can obviously do a lot to boost numbers. I also think and this I can't really, you know, back this up at all, but I think uh, 
Ocarina of Time's proximity to the prevalence of the internet, as opposed to A Link to the Past being, you know, nearly a decade before the internet became, you know, very prominent, um, I, I think, you know, has allowed it to kind of stick around, you know, from the very beginning of the internet, people were talking about Ocarina of Time because it was somewhat new at that time. Whereas I think it took a little longer for people to be like, hey, remember A Link to the Past, you know, and and a lot of us who grew up playing that maybe got away from video games. Whereas if you were on the internet when you were a kid and started playing Ocarina of Time, that is going to be a lot stickier. And again, I don't have any numbers or stats, but it's just this feeling that, um, you know, both of them being some of the best games of all time, let alone Zelda games, uh, matters a lot. But then Ocarina of Time, it kind of has this reputation as being like one of the best remembered games of all time. And A Link to the Past almost is kind of a hidden gem sort of behind it pretty, in a way. So pretty much, I think it being a 2D game is just it's not as as common to to go back and play a 2D game as like the big 3D classics of all time, especially for a new gen- generation of gamers. Now that most of us are basically like slowly fading out of the classic gamer age. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think it's more common for people to just say, okay, I'm going to play OT now. Everybody said OT is one of the best games of all time over Okay, I'm gonna play a link to the past now, which I personally consider one of the best games of all time. But that's just not as a common saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the the first one is like, I'm gonna do this because everyone says it's so good. And the second one is like, I'm gonna do this and it's kind of a novelty because of how old it is. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Um there's something I just thought of. And Tres, tell me if you think this might also have had an influence, but do you think that um a couple of the community members, I'm, I'm specifically thinking of Spike Vegeta. Uh, people know him from the GDQs. Uh, they know him from his Kingdom Hearts speedruns. You know, he's a very popular and widely known guy, I'd say. And I know he's a big OTR player, or at least he used to be. I'm not sure if he still is, but is. Uh, I remember him, him coming to SGL 2019 and being one of the few people that uh, participated in the OTR uh, tournament that was there and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I, I think the the only person that I can think of that is maybe somewhat comparable in the ALTTPR community would maybe be Andy, since he's a relatively popular and bigger streamer, I guess. But you know, it's still not anywhere near what you know Spike Vegeta is and how well he's known from his TDQ appearances. Do you think that might have also pulled more people in, despite you know OTR never really being showcased at a GDQ? That's pretty much also a big point uh, nowadays. Mm-hmm. GDQ is dipping their toes into OTR uh, more as mm-hmm. you, I, I'm not sure if any of you saw, but there is this currently ongoing series of uh, monthly or biweekly OTR specials on, uh, on mm-hmm. GDQ. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a big point. OTR or OT for that matter has a few really big streamers like ZFG is one that pretty much every speedrunner knows. Um, and is one of the biggest Zelda speedrunning channels uh, on Twitch, um, like three or four thousand viewers every stream, and that kind of magnitude. Same with Spike, who is a big OTR streamer. Um, then we have used Pizza DP, who is a big streamer who played OTR frequently, and others. And I, you're right. I think there's more big streamers in o- that play OTR, and that obviously helps boosting um the popularity of a community um mm-hmm. 
I obviously do not have the same numbers for all, it's for link to the past randomizer, so it's hard to compare. But if I see that uh, the website or our website has an average of like 70, 780 seats created a day. Um, and like in December, we had 150,000 individual people visiting the site. Wow. That's actually big numbers. I, yeah, that's, I, that's huge. I give you that. Um, so, yeah, we had like one, uh, the one millionth seat in January on the oh, website. Nice. And that's awesome. That's in uh, roughly four years, um, and that's actually quite a big number. That's pretty I crazy. Mean, yeah. yeah, if you if you like do the math and break it down to how many seats it has to be on a daily basis, that that's a lot of seats. Yeah, so right. around seven hundred eighty. I I did the number numbers. Mm-hmm. Wow. So um, now that we've kind of level set, let's talk a little bit about Ocarina of Time randomizer itself. And let's begin that by going back through its history. So, of course, you know, over the course of the four or five years or however long it's been, I know there's been a lot of events, but just kind of a a bird's eye view of, um, you know, your experience of like how it got started, who was kind of responsible for the, the first builds um and you know any kind of notable changes that have happened throughout you know from from that beginning 2017 build until today sure so um as against a link to the past randomizer a link to the past randomizer was really always a single person with the vision thing i think for alt tpr there was always a bigger group of people maybe not Mm -hmm. in the beginning but um especially later in development um and in the beginning, a link to the past randomizer was just amazing Anfors, who also did ALTTPR work, um, just envisioning, okay, I want the same thing for OT. And it's a nice challenge. And OT is a 3D game, is a really fun challenge. I mean, back in the day, 3D randomizers were a novelty. There were a few 2D uh, randomizers already, but not that many 3D. And um, that was a relatively small team. Uh, working on this kind of stuff there was somebody willing to do the technical aspects of like compression and stuff um because seed generation for an n64 game is a lot more complex um but basically all of logic and um, the entire base structure was created by aa and it was in late 2017 and early 2018 and um, so that basically just formed as a little side gig, as I said earlier, around the beta quest bingo community with the um, main dev um, behind beta quest with being MZX rules um, already being involved a little and like sharing his know how about Ocarina of Time version 1.0, which was always the base, um, basically, because he had enough know how about it. Mm-hmm. And um that was a long time before we talked about a racing scene as it usually is like you, you start developing a, a community of following, which they did. And it started as the subplot as the sub idea of the beta quest bingo or beta quest discord. And mm-hmm. it just got big really fast to a point where the discord, which was a small discord of a couple hundred people, maybe back then, um doubled in size and all of a sudden there were more randomizer players than beta quest players and um that's when 
more people got on also on development the current or one of the currently active maintainers test runner got on and basically for a while there was a a popularity contest between two branches of a link to the past randomizer mm. which uh, of ocarina of time randomizer which i believe never yeah. happened for alttpr right like yeah it was always kind of the one team sort of make, calling the shots um doing a little bit of uh you know, uh, getting feedback from the community, but ultimately kind of deciding you know, what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So um, TestRunner and AA both created new features with very different visions, with AA having basically the concept of a basic randomizer just being the goal of the project. And with version 3.0, which was in 2018 already, he considered it done. Um and test runner trying out new things and trying out to to add new features, even considering stuff like entrance render and this kind of stuff. And so there was a bit of a popularity contest between the, the branches. Um, and that's when uh, ZSR and me and other people got in. And we also started between version 2.0 and version 3.0 in 2018, creating a racing scene and started doing weekly races. Um, back then only one weekly race every Saturday night, which is the current, which stayed the same time slot for the entire <laughs> still, time. Still that way still, to this day. Huh? Still that time, 6 PM Eastern every Saturday. And, um, we created, we created a, a weekly or a monthly schedule with like four weekly races every Saturday night. And I started doing this on ZSR back then ZSR was quite a bit smaller than it is today. And I was the only person doing restreams. So with me being from Europe, I got up, I was only working half time at the time. And I got up every night at 11 PM and restreamed oh until God. four <laughs> and, oh, and then went to bed and went to work in the morning. Um, until I got a few restreamers in to do this at a more relaxed time for them. Um, but yeah, that's that's how we basically started. We and I think that's also novelty. Many many communities that de develop a racing scene, they take it easy for a while. They they start out, they do a few races here and there, and OTR instantly was okay. Let's do a tournament. Let's host a tournament. Mm -hmm. So we did. Um, we did a randomizer version 2.0 tournament. Mere six weeks or something after starting weeklies. Um, a really fast experience. Um, and it kind of worked out well. The randomizer was already fairly competitive. Obviously seats were really long at that time still. Um, but the competitive balance already worked out fairly nicely. So, um, the first tournament gave everybody a massive confidence boost that OTR would have a competitive scene. Mm. Um, but also um, it brought in more people trying to develop or more people wanting to do community work. And with that, it kind of blew up quickly. I got to say, um, from then on out, it was basically not long until AA released version 3.0 that was still in 2018 actually. And said, okay, this is it. I'm done with the project basically. Mm. And that's when we switched to Test Runners branch. And ever since, Test Runners branch has been the main randomizer branch. 
Um, Let's see. It's actually, even on GitHub, it's still a fork because um, we never went off it. Um, and that's considered the, ma- the main branch, the official branch of Ocarina of Time Randomizer. Um, and that one got then incorporated into Ocarina of Time Randomizer.com. And the rest is basically history because like having a website, even if it's not access accessible as a link to the past randomizer, because you need a semi beefy PC to do the, the encryption process or like the compression mm-hmm. process, um, kind of skyrockets your accessibility. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. oh yeah. Um, yeah. The easier you make it, the more people are going to play it. Yeah. It's just that simple. Yeah. Exactly. And from there, basically, we, we switched off. The, f- the first Ocarina of Time randomizer version is actually still available on the website because we have this approach where all versions are still available if you want to. Oh, cool. That's um, interesting. And um, that was basically still using the Python stuff that we have. And I built an HTML and CSS UI over it because there was no <laughs> other way to show it. So it's basically all my creepy bad CSS trying to, <laughs> to, to nice. work out at the interface. Um, yeah. And then there was a proper GUI rework that worked on web and stuff later. Um, but, but yeah, that was basically it. Um, from, since then, we are just on this fork, which is now the official stuff. And nowadays, with version 6.2, um, there's other branches than our official one, basically, that gain traction, that do new things, that partially get incorporated into the main branch, but not all of them. But lately the main developers basically took a step back and basically just let the community themselves bring in ideas and concepts and develop new things. Um, which is why we have a really active contributors uh, list and many branches that currently grow new features. Um, stuff that is not as easy to do as in a link to the past randomizer, just cause the game is so much more complex. Like enemy randomizer is a big pain for example, in OT. Um, I could imagine. That's something that's currently worked on by a few people. Um, then there's insane ideas that currently get tested out. Like, I, I, I can't even believe I'm saying this. Like a branch that is a- actively randomizing the drops from, e- from each pot in the game. Okay? Oh, man. <laughs> Which oh, nice. is... No, it's not and nice. Pe- and people want to play this. <laughs> it's like adding a solid thousand extra logic checks. I mean, yeah, I might, was... We might want to check and see if that's being developed by the CIA as like an advanced <laughs> uh, interrogation tactic or something like that. I and was people gonna ask, like, if this is the same, you know, sadistic approach. Like, we know that pottery lottery has become a thing with uh, <laughs> ALTTPR recently, and some of the like like beta builds of the door rando stuff. But, uh, you know, I think that adds what two, 300 checks or something. Um, yeah. if that, so do, do you know, like, is like offhand, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but do you know how many pots are in Ocarina of time? <laughs> uh, no, I don't, but since it's, so this random, this branch is doing pots and boxes and this kind of stuff. And it's around a thousand, Trace, maybe. And it's around a thousand checks. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah, I, no, I remember learning you. as a 
But that I just remember learning as a kid, you could roll into trees and being like, <laughs> oh my God, there's so many more things to check now. Yeah. That times a thousand is this basically. Wow. Yeah. I, um, I so, guess it just comes down to how much bigger OOT is in general, right? Yeah. Sure. That's something you can easily underestimate. If you, mm-hmm. if you look at OOT from a modern standpoint, it's not a big world. Like not at all. Sure. Um, but on a randomizer scale, all of a sudden mm-hmm. it gets like insane. Um, yeah. My first seat took me 21 hours, I believe. I did that. Wow. Okay. I got to admit, that's actually a story for itself. Usually when you start a randomizer and play it the first time, you go easy on yourself, right? Um, Hopefully. You, you take easy on normal settings. And that was a sub goal on ZSR during the first OTR tournament. And the sub goal was, okay, Tres is playing his first seed and he's activating everything you can. <laughs> so, I did the, so I did the health sanity, as we call it in OTR. <laughs> health sanity. The only exception was I didn't put on one hit KO because not doing that. But like, Wise. I had that full experience with that key sanity and everything on and the tokens and stuff. And then, like, I did 21 hours. But that was my initial experience with OTR. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, so you really experience how big it actually is. Um, but, yeah. So uh, when you played that, that first seed, you know, I mean, you slogged through all 21 hours of that. Uh, what, what happened next? Did you go on to play more and try to find ways to lower your time? Or did you continue to play casually? Um, so... I basically ran into this idea that since I keep complaining about the controls whenever I play, um, I did play a seed here and there and just never talk about it. But basically the base idea of the community is whenever the community wants me to suffer or whenever the community is mad at me for something I did, they force me to play a seed. And every time they do, it's getting worse. Last time I did, they gave me a plando they did. And that plando, I'm not, I'm not joking. That plando was concepted in a way that I was never able to visit Hyrule Field. Oh, wow. There was, I basically, every single check I had, I had to go through this. And that was with ER. So I had a really complex way for every single location, how to get to there. I never was allowed to go to Hyrule Field. And (laughs) that's the basic idea now. I I rarely play OTR. I rarely play anything these days. But when I do, they make me suffer. (laughs) Trez, I I think we figured out what's going on here. Every time you play a seed, it's like torture. Yeah, basically. That's maybe why it's so so hard to play these days. The the current current thing that we are still doing, um, we we still need to schedule this. Um, I brought in a new secondary admin uh, recently or in January. And him and me are going to do a health sanity multi-world um, but the goal for the for the Rainbow Bridge is not the normal medallions, but 100 Skulltula tokens. Oh, no, boy. <laughs> well, now, those don't get randomized, right? They're always in the same place. Those get randomized. Oh, <laughs> of course they do. What do you think this is? Long of time? Yeah, it's not easy, Tim. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so I have a question for you, Trez. 
if you can answer it. I don't know sure. if this is too broad of a question, but uh, we just talked about the history of OTR. Is there anything to you that you would say or that sticks out to you as like the biggest change or the biggest addition to the randomizer a thing that you know over the years you were like wow that really changed everything around or something along those lines oh interesting question so in terms of what the randomizer itself was capable of doing you mean right mm -hmm. um so there's two things i think the first thing is that we added randomization of dungeons allowing master quest dungeons to be shuffled in Mm -hmm. which is i think a big thing just from the concept that it's a different game basically being shuffled in yeah definitely. Um, but the experience being so seamless that it's just basically playing a dungeon in difficult in like in hard mode mm -hmm. um i think that was a big thing obviously bringing in er is always something that does change a randomizer significantly significant entrance randomizer just to yeah. make sure we mention that because i don't know if we ever actually said that but yeah, yeah true um but besides that i don't think there was something that is really significant um it was always what about uh, quality of sorry what about quality of life stuff anything that's just made it easier or, or a better experience to play yeah that's actually something that we started to have really early um the randomizer didn't significantly significantly change that much in the last year last few years there's always a few small time savers and quality of life changes like having to only raise the damper raise in the on the graveyard once to get both prices mm. for example mm -hmm. Or skipping the horrible um, child stealth section when you're getting into Hyrule Castle because the hitbox or basically the viewport of the guards is so terrible. Um, mm -hmm. That kind of stuff. These small, uh, smaller minigame phases that have been faded out or like skipping the opponent race and stuff. That's something we had really early. Mm -hmm. um, nice. So I think the biggest changes or like the biggest breaking point for the randomizer, funnily enough, usually weren't new settings for the randomizer, but new concepts in regards to rule sets for competitive or general settings concepts. Um, I think that had a lot more of an impact. As against mm -hmm. A Link to the Past randomizer, um, especially regarding what's glitchless, what's not glitchless, what's the standard rule set and like um, that kind of stuff. OTR has a lot more variety because there's just <sighs> so much more variety in what you consider a hard glitch or an excessive glitch or not um, that it's not as easy to put everything into categories. I really envy A Link to the Past randomizer for how well they can differentiate between the different glitch uh, rule sets basically and also have a really good grasp of different settings combinations mm. y'all uh, got a racing council i mean taking into consideration <laughs> the endless uh, hovering debate and stuff like that i'd argue it's probably not as easy as it seems from the outside but <laughs> oh we yeah. have our problems <laughs> i i yeah. i know I know um, <laughs> the, the the problem I see is that it's just there's just too much variety in all Korean of time and a bunch of even 
remote but yeah i yeah. i know that you that you face similar challenges we do have yeah. or we did have a racing council um an official range racing racing council as well back in the day but we kind of switched off that concept again um and went to a more linear race moderation team approach because we found that it does work a little better for otr um but in general the concept is the, is the same um with a a team responsible for decision making about rule sets and settings and mm -hmm. racing problems so um yeah yeah Interesting. So uh, let, let's stay on this topic of comparing a link to the past with Ocarina of Time randomizer. Um, we've, we've touched on a few differences. Um, one that's come up a few times is the average length of a seed um, between a link to the past and Ocarina of Time, uh, their respective randomizers. ALTTPR, depending on the mode, could be anywhere from 115 to 230, um, you know, for, for the average player. And with Ocarina of Time randomizer, I think you said on the low end, you know, if you're if, if it's a, a forgiving seed and you're fast, maybe you can get two two and a half hours. It, what would be like the upper limit for the average OOTR seed? So, yeah, it's the low, the absolute low end is not even that far away from ALTTPR. It's probably around the two hour mark, actually. Uh, okay. At least if we talk like normal usual race settings, um, that is that means standard rule set and like a tournament like racing set without sanities and stuff. Um, and top end then would probably be more like four four and a half hours. Um, the the variety in C times is a lot bigger in OTR. Um, but a really fast, really quick seed can be around two hours. If you get a really bad seed, however, 50 skulls, actor, uh, 50 skulls, all dungeons. So basically everything I roll for the community. Um, <laughs> it's it, it, it can go into mid to high four hour territory, but then it's get then it's getting really bad. Um, but that's obviously a gigantic gap um right yeah definitely um so to get kind of more into like you know logical kind of considerations just like for instance is there a, a go mode in ocarina of time like there is for alttpr yes um mm -hmm. so the the base in in base concept of uh how logically a seed works and when you are in go mode alttpr and otr are not even that far away from each other um mm -hmm. Given that we have so many different wind conditions these days, uh, obviously that only goes for the, the box standard mode that you usually play, like normal medallion requirements and stuff. Um, but then there's a go mode um, depending on which dungeons are active. Um, it's the same thing in A Link to Past that it is an OT, as in that you have the three child dungeons or in uh, Link to Past Running the three pedestal dungeons, uh, pendant dungeons, um, and then the the six medallion dungeons. Um, and usually current seats require six medallions to enter Ganon's castle. Mm -hmm. And then obviously the go mode requirements shift a little based on which dungeons are, um, are the stones and which dungeons are the medallions. 
Um, and then there's the obvious ones that you always need, like light arrows, which you need in OT. There's no way around it. It's not like a link to the past, but you don't need Where it's them. just nice to find silvers. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, they're absolutely mandatory in Ocarina of Time mm-hmm. Randomizer. Gotcha. To um, be fair, we changed so it, that uh, just quickly. We, we changed that a few years ago that, so that if you go into Ganon's castle and talk to Ganon, Ganon will tell you where they are. Um, the Ganon hint. Yeah. Nice. So does that, nice. like, That's, it, it's been a while, so bear with me on this question. Does it tell you, like, specifically the chest in the dungeon? Like, no. if it was in, like, okay, so it just says, like, they're in Shadow Temple or something, yeah. and then you have to go there. Exactly, yeah. Gotcha. All right. So you get regions. That's cool. Um, one thing that I noticed in my, you know, limited experience playing earlier this week is I was having a really tough time collecting the rupees that I needed for various, um, you know, shops and things like that to be able to progress. Um, uh, there were a lot of like Deku scrubs that were just absolutely shaking me down, uh, that I, I had to raise 40 rupees here and 40 rupees there. Um, is, is there like, would you say that, you know, coming up with rupees at the beginning of a seed is more critical in a link in uh Ocarina of time randomizer than ALTTPR? Or was I just particularly unlucky or unskilled as to like knowing where to find it? Um, so there is a few tactics that allow you to just get seeds really quickly. Um, for example, there's an infinite rupee farming spot right outside of, of castle town. If you just, mm roll up the chains of the bridge in front of the castle and jump to the side there's three invisible red rupees that constantly respawn so that's something that people just use to farm money but i think that's the same in alttpr rupees are not in logic in otr so um if you if you are casual and do not know which checks are important and which are not. Um, it's really easy to waste a lot of money in OTR. For example, you just mentioned the scrubs, deco scrubs. Yeah. Not all of them can have an item if you're not playing scrub sanity. Mm. Um, some of them in the base game, some of them just have refills of something. And those refills are not randomized with something different or it's, uh, something that can be a logic item. Um, mm. unless you play scrub sanity, which will then just swap all of them. Yeah. Uh, or like, randomize yeah, all, all in play then, but these can but get yeah, expensive. I, yeah. yeah. Fortunately, I, I had emo tracker up in it. I, I was able to deduce from the fact that there was only one, you know, in certain areas and it would say like, you know, Grove scrub or uh, Wolfos grotto or whatever the case may be, um, that, and then, like, I think I would talk to them and they'd say a special item as opposed to they would actually tell you what it was otherwise. Yeah. So um, so that I was able to figure that out. And actually, let's go ahead and continue this conversation since we're on the topic. Um, are there any other things? Let's say, you know, if a, someone listening to this podcast decides they do want to check out Ocarina of Time Randomizer, um, if there are any other just kind of general tips and hints that you think they should be aware of before they start playing? Um, so without trying to uh, send everybody to the wiki, um, pretty soon crash the site. Uh, <laughs> no, um, oh, we don't get those, that kind of listener. <laughs> we don't have that many listeners. You have to worry about that. All right. Uh, um, there is obviously a few cool hints that will help. Like, for example, having the, the base idea of where to get rupees quickly. Um, that's really helpful. Um, um, 
there's also a few things that just you wouldn't think about when you're not really familiar with, uh, with OT in general. That often goes to missing a key somewhere. Um, it's, it's, for example, possible that in Water Temple and Fire Temple, for example, you think, okay, I'm missing a small key. Um, why do I not have that small key? And then it will just be on uh, Vovagia or Morpha because that's how the dungeons are set up. Um, or um, there's a few things that just get a little clunky, uh, like mechanics-wise in OT. Like, for example, after the damper race, there's this gigantic Song of Time block behind the door. And since the game expects you to have Song of Time at that time, you can uh, softlock yourself there because you go into the door, the door closes behind you, and then you're stuck. Um, oh. And um, you just have to save warp. Uh, but there's also a method, like a little trick. You, you side hop into the door, the door comes down, and you side, side hop back out before the door closes. And the game notifies you, okay, you're not inside, but the door is closed, so I'm just going to void you out and reset you back to the start. Um, so these are little things here and there that will help. Um, just, yeah, I seem to remember finding a specific page on the wiki that was like, you know, things to look out for, um, when you're playing. So, uh, we'll, I'll definitely put a link to that in the description of this episode, um, so that folks can uh, have that up while you're playing. I'd highly recommend it. it. It took me about 45 minutes until I pulled that sheet up. But once I did, I was, I was very glad that I had. Yeah. It's also like there's stuff, there's stuff like the fishing mini game, which is just how do I put it, how to put it nicely? I, I can't put it nicely. That game is just bad. Um, and I loved it so much as a kid. I remember spending hours fishing as a, as a like 10 year old. Yeah. You, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> I don't either. It was, a long time back then. <laughs> it was very few options, uh, pre-internet, you know, more power to you, but, um, no, it's like, it's a difficult game. It was actually simplified in rando, although others argue it's harder now, but okay um but that's something something you can spend hours on and there is these moments where ot is just not really easy to understand or logical in what it does like me for example i find the entire concept of planting a bean into the soil and then getting adult and waiting for it to grow um I got that one, but the fact that you also can use a bottle with box on it and put it on the soil and then um, if you if you wait, a skulltula will come out. That's just yeah. not something if you don't know it, you're kind of going to get lost because it's just how to know, you know, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think ALTTPR suffers from that a little bit, probably not as much, though, to your point. Where it's just like you, you just, I mean, if you don't know to take this pur purple box over to this dude that cracks safes or whatever, yeah. like uh, you, you just have to like know that you have to see someone do it or remember it as a kid. Otherwise you're stuck now, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. You were about to say something kind of on that note. Uh, well, I mean, I kind of thinking like, <sighs> there's so many things with, I, I think this is what adds to the length of the game. We were talking about that earlier. There's so many opportunities for you to have to go back and forth, back and forth, um, potentially for progression. And, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I've seen someone with this emote uh, of uh, 
basically the prelude of light with the pog symbol behind it and it's kind of like game is playable now um and prelude of light kinda, <laughs> what does that even mean <laughs> uh basically it's like uh so prelude of light is the 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 ocarina song that warps you back to the temple um right okay. and me talking about going back and forth i'm talking about through time so adult link versus kid link or young link um and you know when you have prelude of light it makes it much much easier to go okay. back and forth between the two. I got you. Uh, it's kind of yeah. like the, I, you know, that's the best movement item in the game. <laughs> as far as a lot of people are concerned, and I, I'm assuming it's kind of a meme at that point too. But, um, you know, especially when you have to, when you realize you have to go back and forth for a couple of progression things, uh, you know, that that's honestly like just the vast world is kind of the, the, the only, I think that's the only detractor uh, from Ocarina of Time, you know, Trez talked on that a little while earlier. Um, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a lot of things you just have to understand when you do it as a child, it will affect you as an adult because seven years pass after you have this action. And it's a really cool concept for the game. Um, you know, yeah. for newbies, maybe coming into randomizer, it, it's kind of like the same thing I always say about ALTTPR. I would familiarize yourself with, you know, any randomizer, familiarize yourself with, the game itself before you start plunging headfirst into a rando. Um, speaking on that, Trez, I have a, a question. It's probably very basic in terms of logic, but does um, playing Ocarina of Time randomized give you an opportunity to go places as child link that you would normally never be in the base game? Yes, absolutely. That's fun. So um, that, that sounds like fun to me. That seems like a cool idea. The um, There is a few limitations, of course. There's a few items that you can only use as adult and not as child, just like the base game does. Although there is people that want to make that an option to allow you to use hammer as child, by the way. Um, but in general, yes, um, the base game kind of expect, expects you to only go to certain places. Um, and the randomizer allows you basically to go into regions that you usually wouldn't go to as child. Um, of course, OT as a base game has this back and forth. Like you go back, for example, you go to spirit as both child and adult. Sure. Um, but the concept is basically a little different, especially like, for example, you can do um, the child dungeons as adult. And in, oh, okay. in most cool. cases, it's even advisable because this doesn't go for Deku's, uh, Deku uh, Tree, by the way, but for example, for Dodonga's Cavern, the second dungeon, it's so much faster if you just go there as adult. So going That's there as, as child basically never makes sense, um, as an example. Um, Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. funnily enough, was open enough already as is that the differences are not insanely big. Um, yeah. But there is certainly a few differences. I uh, I have a potentially stupid question, but you were talking about the fishing mini game earlier, yeah. And I remember from the group of people that used to play a lot of multi worlds, uh, I was talking about earlier. The archery mini game seemed to be a big point of frustration. Is that down to the controls, or are you having to score like? a full score or something. I I really don't know very much about that, but I remember people really having a hard time with that. 
it's true you actually need to score the full 100 points uh, or like you need to hit every single target in the um slingshot mini game in kakariko in in castle town and castle town i spent about 15 minutes on that yeah. earlier this week and the bow <laughs> shooting in kakariko you need to score all the rupees uh for to gain the price and there's the bomb true mini game which also requires you to get all the goals and then probably for many casuals the worst part is the horseback archery thing in um uh, Gerudo in, Valley. In Gerudo Valley. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. That's the yeah. one that I was talking about. For the, there's actually the the two goals: the 1,000 points for the first reward and the 1,500 for the second reward. And the second reward, the 1,500, is actually really challenging, um, especially if you're playing on emulator and do not have your um, dead zone and um, sensitivity uh, settings mm-hmm. under control. Um, that's not easy. Um, it's also the reason why in many beginner friendly set, um, settings, presets, that track is disabled. You can still do it. Oh. You can still do it, but it will not have any item that is in logic. Um, Interesting. Or required to be deceived. Um, 50, uh, Horseback Archery 1500 is a really common track, just like the um, Mask of Truth is, um, and a few other checks that just get disabled during generation as part of the preset. So you don't have to do it. You don't have to worry that you're missing out anything. There won't be anything that you need to finish the seed on it, which Hmm. balances it out. Yeah. Now I imagine there probably, there probably aren't any like tournaments that would have that, that setting enabled, right? No, the current main tournament only has one check disabled, which is the Deco Theater Mask of Truth. Um, and the reason for that is that it's just an insanely long chain of things to do to get it. Um, and it's not really fun. So that's mm. probably, no, not probably. That's definitely the most disabled check. Just because getting Mask of Truth and then going to the deco theater to get the item is a really boring back and forth kind of thing that takes forever. Hmm. Oh, so I guess there there is at least one or one that is is commonly excluded just to make the game better, which I think is ultimately a good thing. Yeah, basically, nice. basi- uh, basically yeah. the randomizer has two option fields during generation that can be freely changed. One that allows you to exclude any location in the game from being in logic and or like being required to finish the seed. And the second one mm-hmm. being to enable certain tricks that the game has um, to be considered in logic. Like, for example, um, not having to get the lens of truth. Um, you can en- enable it to say, okay, now if I enable this trick, Gerudo training grounds without lens of truth, um, the game will still put items in GTG or in Gerudo's training grounds, even if the lens is not available to you yet. Um, and with that, we are actually able to create a fairly, um, a fairly nicely balanced experience that allows it to be adjustable based on if you are really knowledgeable about OT and even if you're knowledgeable about tricks, not glitches, but like just like optimizations um, uh-huh. or not, which means we have a, f- a few really cool options to balance that a bit out. Um, 
Yeah. So for that field that lets you exclude checks from the logic or, you know, have the randomizer not put anything that you might need. Uh, you said it's it's you can fill it out freely and change it around if you want to. So yeah. I'm not sure why anyone would do that. But could I just say, all right, this chest and shadow temple, I want to make sure that has nothing for me or something like that. Yes, correct. All right. That's pretty, that's cool. pretty cool. As I yeah. said, I don't know why anyone would do that, but that's pretty cool. An example that yeah. I can give, um, we have a little side community in OT randomizer that's called the Scrubs community. And the name is kind of uh, the concept of the community, as in that it's a really beginner friendly uh, community that focuses on bringing people into the scene, allowing them to give them a race environment where they are met with like people that are just new and fresh people as well. And their current tournament rule set or their last tournament rule set that they have that disabled the Mask of Truth, that re, uh, disabled 1500 horseback archery um, and the 40 and 50 gold Skulltola token rewards. So that basically, is up my alley. Uh, that <laughs> <is>. <laughs> yeah, that's an awesome idea uh, to have like a subsection of the Discord and of the community just for um, newer players. ALTTPR has something somewhat similar. Um, in terms of like learning channels. And then there's like, you know, our community, which we try to be, you know, new newbie friendly, but really cool that that's like kind of an official part of the whole, the whole uh, setup. Yeah. It's, I guess it's part of the, the randomizer, the OT randomizer, having a ton of switches and scales to change and like buttons to press, uh, which makes the UI a nightmare. And it's the reason why I want to redo it desperately for the next version. <laughs> but it also gives you a lot of flexibility. Um, and that's one thing you can say for sure. If anything, OTR is insanely flexible. Because um, no matter what you want to do, you will be able to. And that doesn't even go into planned territory. Um, it's just a base randomizer software without any planned stuff is really flexible. Yeah, that was yeah. one thing I I really liked. You know, it, it's been many revisions since I've, you know, sat down and actually was the one who generated a seed to play. But, um, you know, excluding checks like you were mentioning, I made very much use of that, you know, with the horseback archery. The I think I even did 30, 40 and 50 sculptulas, um, just because I didn't want to have to look a guide up because it had been so long, you know, finding the sculptulas. But um, stuff like that, like having that readily available for players just, you know, for casual play or, you know, a pickup race, I think is, is, is very nice. Um, you know, for the, the comfy side of things, if you will. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about the Saturday races that are still going on. Um, there is this, uh, scrubs channel in the OOTR discord, which we'll of course have a link to as well. Um, is, are there any other uh, community events, uh, upcoming tournaments, anything like that, that you, uh, feel that should be kind of mentioned? So ongoing right now is the season five main tournament. Um, hmm. that's actually in round three or four right now. Um, we had a record-breaking tournament turnout. Um, let me quickly make sure I, I don't mess it up. But in the 18-race qualifier stage, 305 people participated in at least one race, which is wow. pretty massive. Um, and that culminated into a top 64 main bracket. And just like you have a Challenge Cup, we have one as well for um see 65 to 128 
Um, and that's currently ongoing. Um, so that's a big one. That's the first time we do top 64 um, for the main brackets. And it's going really smoothly and people seem to enjoy it. Season four, we tried uh, we tried a lot of different things. Um, we changed some settings around. Um, the OTR racing community, especially in the main mostly glitchless uh, rule set standard, as, as it's called right now, um, can get really, really, really combative about their settings. Mm. I think that's always the same everywhere. Sure. Um, yeah. And season four I tried something different and it had a lot more of a random aspect again, um, which obviously comes true to the randomizer, but um, obviously makes it harder to be super competitive. Um, season five does stuff again a little bit differently again and trying to be less of a casino effect sometimes. Uh. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the big one that's currently ongoing. Then there is um, the OTR leak starting up again um, really soon. Season two. Um, soon we'll start again with the random settings leak uh, coming back. Um, that's gonna happen. Uh, don't get me wrong, but it's it's really close to getting started. Running settings leak basically means for every single match, there's a little script running that will just randomize um, the settings with certain weights to them apply it and then just give you a randomized seed with randomized settings that you do not know when you start the seed and that you need to okay. find out. Kind of like a mystery um, type seed in a way. Yeah. And that on a tournament scale, which is it's yes. something. Um, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's a co-op tournament going on, although I think that's about to be done or is even done already. Um, especially in the last year, OTR blew up in terms of tournament variety across mm. the different platforms. There was SG Live last year, of course, which had a semi-big tournament. Um, so yeah, um, there's a lot going on. Uh, yeah, we currently do not have a ladder. Um, we had that for a while. It worked out for a while, then it kind of died down. The main developer left. I've been meaning to talk to Durker about this for forever in forever and still haven't gotten to it. So there's currently no letter, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, there's plenty of stuff going on anyways. And with the competitive scene being as big as it is, um, there's obviously a lot to maintain too. Um, right. Yeah. Well, um, as mentioned before, uh, we kind of talked about getting started a little bit earlier. Uh, definitely check the links in the description of this episode, and we will uh, have a few there that'll help get you pointed in the right direction uh, if you want to dip your toes into Ocarina of Time Randomizer. So we're kind of nearing the end of our conversation here, uh, but I'll leave this uh, little bit of time here at the end open. If there's anything uh, anyone would like to say to round out our conversation about Ocarina of Time Randomizer, speak now or forever hold your peace. Uh, I, I have I have one question about with the multi worlds and I, I and I do have a, a, a league question as well, if I can. Sure. Um, so with multi worlds, uh, you know, obviously with the, I played those first before ALTTPR because it exists for existed first uh, as far as the multi world standard went. Um, uh, and, you know, then when the ALTTPR one cropped up, 
uh, there was the forfeit button or the, you know, forfeit command. Uh, has that, have you guys integrated that in yet, uh, with the OOT multi-world, uh, you know, chance or is, uh, or no, not yet. Um, multi-world ter- uh, development has been basically non-existent on the existing multi-world that it, that everybody knows for a while. And okay. the big reason for that is that we've been working on a complete revamp of Ocarina of Time randomizer multi-world. That is um, not just a convenience update, which will add stuff like the forfeit button in certain scenarios and uh, that kind of stuff. But that will also allow you to play on other platforms than just Bizhawk, um, other emulators, especially. Um, And that will also add a dedicated hosting. So no self-hosting needed anymore, but it will be hosted through otrandomizer.com with a lobby feature. Um, that has been in development for over a year, mainly because it's a one-person job right now. Um, for a few factors, <laughs> who, I wonder who that one person is. It's not me. Oh, okay. It's not me. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were implying that it was no, you. No, it's not me. It's uh, it's my partner in ZSR though. It's Dragon Bane who's okay. doing all the heavy lifting. And as much as I love the guy, he is as close to a project lead nightmare that you can ever get. Um, so getting, getting, getting him in line is hard. No. Um, but like he has been working with it. It's going to be fantastic. The stuff that I saw has been fantastic, but since he's really busy as well, it's just a slow progress. Um, but once that's done, yes, there will be those kind of com- uh, convenience features like a forfeit button as well. Cause I do think it's really important. Um, there's also the concept. Can I spoil this? I don't care. I won't even ask him. Um, <laughs> there's this concept of creating a unlimited multi-world, um, with basically 500 worlds or something, um, that oh, stays open lot. for, that stays open for months. And whenever, um, somebody finds an item, it's going to be listed somewhere. Mm. And whenever they, they, they do a check, there's basically a lock that you can check and then other people can pick up where you left. Um, and then creating ah. a basically this months long, multi months long room that people can join and then we pick up. That's a, that's a vision that we have that we want to make happen. And it kind of sounds like a cool concept, even for like stuff like Twitch place or something, you know, these classic cool bots yeah. where you could in, incorporate something like that. Um, so that's what we want to want to push it towards. No ETA on a release yet, but we do plan on having it out this year, which yeah. is going by blazingly fast. So I'm a little concerned, but we're going to try. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, best of luck in, in staying on top of him, keeping him uh, in line and, and, and productive for you there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Tresco, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and, and chatting with us today. Um, we are actually going to stick around for probably another, you know, five minutes or so, just do some quick shout outs and uh, wrap things up. Would you mind sticking around with us? Sure. All right, here we go. 
Okay, so uh, there was one shout out that I wanted to absolutely make sure that we got to because Dante, you had meant to shout it out, and I actually had wanted to do that too, but we both forgot. So, <laughs> um, Dante, tell 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 the folks about uh, our our joint <laughs> shout out here. All right, so um, you guys probably know a community member here in ALTTPR in the GMP community uh, as John the Branch. Um, they are uh, John Bono over on the Step Maniacs Discord. You guys have. Uh, heard me talk about that game quite a bit. If you've been to my Twitch channel, you've seen me streaming that quite a bit. Uh, uh, him as well as two other people, Word Wordus and Isa, have started a podcast uh, about Step Maniacs uh, called The Almost Perfect Cast. They've got two episodes out right now, and I think they're doing them monthly. Um, so far, it's been a very good listen. Uh, and um, it di- it dives into, you know, kind of the casual aspects of the game as well as the competitive i'm looking forward to seeing how that progresses but we did want to you know shout that out and wish them the best of luck with that yeah absolutely so uh yeah john reached out to me and let me know he was thinking of starting a community podcast sort of a la gmp and just asked me for you know a little bit of advice here and there and i, I saw that it, it finally launched and uh I, i'm i'm assuming dante at some point he'll have you on i mean he has to right? I, I have no like expectations you know i don't know if they're doing <laughs> guests at any point if they if they ask sure um but if yeah you know i'm not gonna try to like force my way in there i you know i have i have no <laughs> no way of wanting to do that uh you know to to them i, I think the the right. what they have right now is actually really good Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah. Uh, best of luck to uh, John and crew uh, with their um, SMX podcast. And uh, if if you are a fan of uh, Rhythm Games or Step Maniacs, in, in, you know, specifically, uh, then then definitely check out the Almost Perfect cast. Uh, and to continue on with the shout outs. Uh, so Trez, usually at the end of the show, we each um, shout out our Twitch. And then, you know, if you have like a, a YouTube or Twitter or anything else you want to shout out, you certainly can. And then we give uh, one recommendation of just like something where we're into lately. Um, so, uh, if you want to watch me play, uh, you can do so at twitch.tv slash temp underscore. And, uh, as for my shout out this week, I want to shout out, uh, Texas Hold'em poker. Uh, cause I, I had a game with some friends and some coworkers on Thursday night. Uh, the wife and, and baby were out of town. So I, I had the boys over for a game of cards and uh, I freaking won the thing, man. I won 120 bucks. Yeah, so nice. my shout out is, is Texas Hold'em Poker. If, if, play it if you can. That's my shout out. <laughs> Gamble away <laughs> your life savings. Court well, don't do that. <laughs> don't, but yeah, it's it's fun when it when it works out. I'll say that. What about you, Herf? Uh, well, you can find me at twitch.tv slash herfydurfy. Uh, as you all know, I don't stream very much. I did stream some uh, Shadow Tower Abyss, a very old From Software game, first person, kind of like the Kingsfield games. Only uh, you also get guns, which is kind of fun. Uh, my shout out this week, to the surprise of probably nobody in the whole universe, is uh, Elden Ring. Wait, let's all, oh, <laughs> sorry. let's all say it at once, but no, it's, yeah, it was I obvious. Mean, we all it, do. It was very obvious. If you know anything about me, you'll know that this was something I was looking forward to very much. Uh, I've already put about 20 hours into it. I haven't even fought the first real starry boss yet because I've just been exploring the overworld and dying a lot and, you know, taking it all in. Uh, It's great. The only downside of it is that I had to forego playing Horizon Forbidden West that uh, Trez was talking about earlier because I knew 
<laughs> yeah, I know. And I will play it for sure. But I knew that if I bought it, I'd play it for a week, not finish it and then just, you know, shelve it for Elden Ring for I don't know how long, a long time, yeah. probably. So it felt like a waste of time and a waste of money to buy it right now. But I'm, I'm definitely, you know, it's on my to buy list at the number yeah, one it'll be spot for, for sure. You. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No it's not running away. But yeah, Elden Ring. Good game. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to playing Horizon 2. And honestly, Elden Ring, I mean, I've heard so many people talk about it that I'm starting to wonder if I shouldn't play that too. I've never played a Souls game before. Same. Never really had an interest, but like, man, people are just really going going nuts for this Elden Ring game. It's good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dancy, what about you? What do you have this week for us? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Dancy with three A's. Um, uh, I don't know. Play, play more games. Play more games in general. I know a lot of people are playing Elden Ring like Herf. I've seen it all over my Twitch. Um, have fun. That's that's my shout out. Ha- have more fun. I, I love that. That's a great shout out. Tresco. Uh, so tell us, you know, where where we can watch you uh, on Twitch or YouTube or uh, follow you on social or anything like that. And then share with us something that you've been into. So I'd say twitch.tv slash my name, but I never stream. So um, <laughs> oh, okay. just, if no you worries. just want to see me on Twitch, just go to twitch.tv slash Zelda speedruns. Um, I think that's where you find me most of the time. Um, yeah. Same on YouTube, but twitch.tv slash ZSR videos, sadly, because somebody thought Zelda speedruns belongs to them. Uh, <laughs> but oh, that's man. fine. Um, but yeah, uh, that's where you find us and do the coverage of many Zelda tournaments and events and stuff. Also, um, just while we're talking about it, the upcoming brackets of the AD Keys tournament yes. will be on there. Oh, yeah. For LTTPR. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, my shout out actually is going to go to Horizon 2 Forbidden West because I talked about earlier how I have no, never time and for I don't know how I did this, but I kind of sank 40 hours into it since last week's Friday. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wow. Um, and finished the so main. You, you have a full time job in Elden Ring at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I finished the main or, story. Uh, and it was or sorry, uh, Horizon. Yeah, yeah. You have a 40 hours full time job. Yeah. Nice. Next to my to my full time job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was it was uh, fantastic. And like it's a, a new era of games in regards of yeah. let alone i mean just can just graphical fidelity already but like in general and that was oh, a yeah, really fun gorgeous. experience yeah the the vistas i've heard i mean the vistas in the first one were incredible on you know like ps4 or xbox one or whatever i can't even imagine the next gen uh views of, of like the uh the countryside or whatever yeah and i've heard it's got a lot of the like you know, uh, the first horizon was kind of a lot of like, you know, mountains and fields. I've heard there's more like desert and swamp and jungle and like a lot more uh, kind of like um, terrains and things like that. So it sounds super cool. Um, all right. Well, that's enough about horizon. It's <laughs> enough about everything, actually, honestly, because we are going to go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you want to email us, you can do so by sending that to email at gomodepodcast.com. Um, as of right now, we have a contact form on our website, but I'm like this close to, to getting rid of it because there is just so much spam and garbage that comes through on that thing. And so few actual, like, you know, messages that it's like really not worth it. So you can use that, but really it would be better to use email at comodepodcast.com or 
uh, Twitter is fine. And uh, our Discord, of course, is a great place to uh, get in touch with us. Um, I wanted to say thank you to the individual who left us a new iTunes review. Got us up to 55. Thank you so much for that. It was uh, no message, but that's totally fine. So thank you. And also, uh, we had asked a few weeks ago for folks to uh, rate us on Spotify and uh, checked in this morning. We have 12 uh, five-star ratings on Spotify. So thank you all so much uh, to those of you who listen on Spotify for rating us there. We really appreciate that. Um, if you listen, uh, frequently and haven't had a chance to rate us, please do so. That would be a huge help to us. And then of course you can also, uh, contribute to us using either PayPal or our Patreon. And I think that is going to do it for us. Um, with that, I'll go ahead and close it out. Uh, I've been Timp on behalf of my uh, co-host Dante and Herfy Durfee and our esteemed guest Tresco. Thanks so much for listening. Let's go ahead and mirror out. <laughs>